Welcome to the Carlos Ortega Podcast. You can hear me on Anchor FM, the sponsor of this podcast, also Spotify, Google, and Apple. So now the mayor, our mayor, Joe Gannum, has talked about reopening and reopening the city and so forth with rules in place, which means there has to be some sort of layoff, right? Not necessarily. He's going to do it. Nobody's going to get laid off, which is a good thing because people can have their jobs and people could earn a living. And it's also a sign that maybe, just maybe, this city could get around to doing the business at hand. And that means, you know, getting some uh, restaurants open, getting some retail stores to open, places where they can hang out open. So because there's not a gym here in Bridgeport. There's no Edge Fitness. There's no Planet Fitness. So you're not going to go to a gym. If you're going to go to a gym, you're either going to do it at home. There ain't no Edge Fitness here. Why? I don't know. There's also no Planet Fitness here. Why? I don't know. That's their business if they don't want to be here. But if you want to work out, you may have to do it at home. Walk in the parks. Keep your social distancing. But... No gyms are here. So what things here can we rely on to open in Bridgeport? Well, first of all, retail stores. They have to open. So if you want to open those retail stores, that's good. Now for city workers, they're going to have their jobs. You know, they're not going to be, you know, left out of a job because of this coronavirus. It's unnecessary. But they are the ones that are going to not be affected by this. And that's a good thing. And it's always going to be a good thing. No layoffs, no nothing. Just put them back to work at their desk, at their job, where they belong. So we hope, hope that that's the case. So hope upon hope is all hope. And that's all everybody needs to know. That there's some hope out there. That we we can have some sort of normalcy that's going on. But also, here's another thing that we have to do because it is a new normal. And I'm going to discuss this. I I wanted to discuss it last week. I'm going to discuss it now. It's a new normal. Wearing masks. I see a lot of people in Bridgeport not wearing them. Why? Do you want to get COVID-19? Be my guest. At my job, mandatory to wear masks. No question. When you go out, wear a mask. It doesn't have to be mandatory. If you have a little common sense, you would wear a mask. Wear it. You know, don't be, you're not Superman. You know, you're not going to get away with it. So why risk it? Why risk being a stat? Just wear it. I mean, you're not a fool. You're not going to be ostracized for it because this is the new normal. This is what it is. And it's not our fault. It's not anybody's fault. You can blame China. They're all across the world. But in this day and age, wear the masks. Please. It's not hard. It's pretty simple. Get one at Food Bazaar. They cost one buck. Two in a pack. Gas stations are even selling it. Get one. Get a pack. You know, or get masks from people who you know that makes them. It's simple. Just wear it. And also, don't go into a 
to the parks for crying out loud. I mean, what do you think? You don't think we're not taking this seriously? We have to. Newfield Park, Seaside Park, Beersley Park, you know, all parks. Get a big gathering, get a barbecue going. And this past weekend was beautiful. But you all gathered around thinking, hey, I'm not going to get this coronavirus. Ah, I'm not going to get it. Next thing you know, you might have a, might not have a symptom. You might not. And you wind up getting it. You wind up getting it. You're saying, like Richard Pryor said when, when he was live in New Orleans, how did the AIDS get on me? I didn't know how the AIDS get on me. And he went on to say another thing, you know, that only Richard Pryor would say. But anyway, you don't know how to get this. You don't. You don't get this by, you know, doing the right thing. Washing your hands, keeping your distance, stay safe, and wearing a mask. It's simple. It's, it's, not, it's not that they don't want you to do it. I think they signed an executive order stating that you have to wear a mask. You have to wear a mask. So why aren't you? I wear it every day every time I um, get out to work, get out to do anything. But wear the mask. Yeah, my job is very inconvenient. It hurts my ears, but I have to wear it. It's part of the job now, part of my description. And another part of it also social distancing. Gotta keep your distance. If you're not wearing a mask, keep your distance. I mean, it's sim- all this is so simple, very simple. Ever since this coronavirus came out, it's so simple. You know, a few weeks when I was in, not a few weeks, a month ago when I was in the hospital, I saw some nurses, some certified nurses' aides, wearing masks. They were ahead of the curve on this, and there's a good reason why they're ahead of the curve on this, because they know that part of this will be coming here. And that was over a month ago, in March, when everything was being shut down in sports, Basketball, hockey, soccer, you name it. All of that was being shut down and they were wearing masks. So please, just wear them. You know, it's the simplest thing in the world. Just do it. It's not hard. But you make it hard for yourself if you don't social distance. Hey, we're having a big barbecue. Come down to Newfield Park. Come down to Seaside Park. Come down to Beersley Park. Okay, fine. No social distancing. Hey, there's the beers over there. There's some ribs here. Get a burger here and so forth. But no social distancing. You have to do that. You have to social distance. It's not, how would I put it? It's not what people want you to do. It's what you have to do to contain this illness. It's a respiratory illness. It affects your lungs. It affects your breathing. A Broadway actor lost his leg. His leg. Because he had a blood clot. So you don't know. You don't know. You don't know what the circumstances are for you to say, it ain't going to affect me. It ain't going to affect me. Well, when you wind up in the hospital and you said, hey, I didn't think it was going to affect me. Well, guess what? It affected you. And now, don't ask for sympathy. Because I told you, the mayor told you, the governor told you, even Dr. Anthony Fauci told you, wear a mask. Keep your distance six feet, maybe more. And also, 
wash your hands because it's your life at stake, your health at stake. Both of them are at stake. So please do the right things. Please do the right thing. I also want to get back to the Ganim layoffs. He's not going to lay anybody off and that's good because they don't deserve to be laid off after all this has been going on. It's, you know, it's terrible. You know, terrible things happen during layoff. I mean, not terrible things happen during layoffs. Terrible things have happened since all this went on. You know, we have to understand people are doing more than hold their own in this pandemic. And I think it's great that he's not laying people off. I think it's great that he's just saying, look, this is a tough time, but I can't lay my employees off. Can't. And he shouldn't. You know, it's, it's hard for anybody. As Ganim said, he rules out layoffs at this time. And it's good. He shouldn't rule out layoffs. Because uh, where is he going to start? You know, it starts at the top and it works his way down, laying people off. So I, I don't know where it starts and where it ends as far as layoffs are concerned. Plus, who knows what the government's going to kick in? You know, who knows? You know, uh, the government, the federal government, I mean, needs to give a little something here. And that's what I think mayors, first selectmen, are waiting for. What am I going to get from the federal government to offset all this that's going that's been going on that's that's probably what they're waiting for you know it has to offset something so it's hard on everybody it's going to be tough on everybody but i'm happy that he's not laying people off i assume it's not in the planning stages but i'm just glad that he's not considering layoff because a lot of this is not their fault you know, 40 people in my job were for love. 40 people. Because we work in an industry that uses medical devices and we're essential workers. 40 people were laid off. And you know why? Because elective surgeries have been put on hold. Think about that. Because of this pandemic, elective surgeries have been put off. You got to think about that for a moment. Because we deal in an industry that uses things for elective surgeries, they have to get laid off. That's hard. That's hard for people because they uh, they they got a package and so forth. But that's going to last them a little while, a month or two maybe. But that's hard on them. It's just hard because then you have to go to unemployment. Unemployment's closed. People are working from home from there. So what are they to do? That is why I'm happy that in this case... The mayor said no layoffs. It would have been difficult for him to do that. It would have been. It would have been tough. It would have been very tough. But it would have been very favorable for him to say, I'm not laying nobody off. And that's what he's doing. He's not laying anybody off. So he should wait for the federal government. I think that's what he's going to do to see what money he will get from not only the federal or the state. And that, that's where it should be. This is not easy for anybody. It's not. So I don't think anybody could say we need to do what the mayor is doing now. Can't criticize him for that. You should praise him for it. He is not 
laying people off. That's great. And that should be the way it should be because most municipalities would look to layoffs because this state's going to go through a shortfall. Nine billion from the state this year and 24 the next year. And I guarantee you one thing, there will be layoffs. There will be cuts in everything, all because of this. So you have to prepare yourself because a lot of things aren't going to be, how would I say it, square with people. Because this is what's happening. There are going to be some cuts in state service. And a lot of people aren't going to be happy about that because it's really, really hard for the state to go on and do this every single year. Cut $33 billion you got to fill a gap in. $33 billion in the next two years. How could that happen? Well, well, number one, you have a virus. And that's going to continue on for the next two years. It's hard. Not that easy. So prepare for layoffs. Prepare for a lot of things when the state budget comes. Because that's going to be the telltale sign where we have to be. Telltale sign. Not easy. Not hard. And I'm telling you, it's going to be tough. When you're talking, that's a hole in our budget that could be filled two ways. The city kicks in a lot of money or local municipalities have to kick in some money. But a lot of the cities, Hartford, New Haven, Bridgeport, Waterbury, have to kick in some money. A lot of it. And they're not going to be too happy about it. But hey, how did this happen? Easy bailout. COVID-19. That's why. COVID-19 is the reason that we are in the position that we're in now. It's the reason that States, municipalities are now saying to themselves, what could we do to fill that gap? What could we do, more or less, to fill it all, fill the whole gap? Because it has to be a year-by-year thing. It has to be. Nine million the first year. How are you going to do that? Twenty-four the next year. But one way is the way the mayor is doing it, not laying off people because it's not their fault. But also, can't be just laying off people. It can't be cuts in education. It can't be cuts in our infrastructure projects, bridges, all that other stuff. Some things have to be cut out. And some things that people, you know, generally like to see. Now, it's, we're in a like-to-see state. We would like to see things go on in life. Concerts, ball games, all that. All that's not happening this summer. You're not going to see arenas open. So where do you cut? I don't have an idea. I have never looked at the state's budget books. 
I don't really know. I'm pretty good at math, but I wouldn't know what to cut, where to cut, who to cut. Uh, so I wouldn't know about that. But I know that it's going to happen. It's, it's not going to be easy. It never is for state officials to cut. C-U-T. Cut. So when it comes down to it, brace yourselves. Bridgeport's not laying off people, but the state might do differently. And that's where we all are right now. It's never going to be easy, so prepare yourself. Prepare yourself for the budget acts. It's a coming. Did you see this where Stanford police was called, the bomb squad that is, to Westport on Friday after a hand grenade was found in a condominium complex, the Regents Park condominium complex, Post Road East. Alish, this, I'm not going to say it sound, this sounds crazy, but seeing a hand grenade, that caught my attention. Initially, Westport police and fire personnel responded to the home after people working in the complex discovered an explosive device. Hey, I call them. Where do you get a hand grenade? That's what I'm trying to find out here. Though the grenade was thought to be inert, an abundance of caution was used by Stanford Police Bomb Squad, who were called to the scene and conducted an explosive detection sweep of the unit where it was found. Quoting in the quote, Stanford Police Personnel, the grenade was ultimately confirmed to be in inert and was removed by Stanford Police personnel, Westport Police said. Their overall sweep of the premises did not cover any other explosive material within it. There was no association associated threat, I beg your pardon, to public safety posed by this situation. There was no threat to the Regent's Park complex. Additional details were not disclosed, but the incident remained under investigation. Now, the question is, who in the world gets a hand grenade? Who? Who gets? Who in the world gets a hand grenade? Okay, let's narrow it down. Okay, police, they use hand grenades. Army, military personnel, they use hand grenades. That makes logical sense. Um, who else? Militias? You can name a whole bunch of people who use hand grenades. But who would use it, leave it out there to be found, leave it out there for the police to make a sweep, an entire sweep of a condominium complex to find that there's no other bombing materials there? Who? I have no idea. So, still under investigation. And people are all likely frightened by this. So, you know, I would be too. And it's crazy that people would have the audacity to have a hand grenade, which was inert, on their own condominium complex. Wow. If this was in the hood and they found a hand grenade, people will be saying, or to be told, you have the right to remain silent. Seriously, 
you have the right to remain silent. So what is what is the lesson here? Well, first of all, the lesson here is don't have a hand grenade. And then don't have it in your condominium complex. Makes no sense. I wouldn't know why people would have a hand grenade in their possession in the first place. Either you're totally insane or you're going to war. Now, I don't know if you're going to war, okay, but you are not going to get people frightened or maybe your next door neighbor frightened. But who knows? I don't know what people are thinking these days. You know, you see in Michigan where they have their protest over opening up the state. They come in with machine guns ready. Why are you carrying a machine gun to go into the state capitol? You're free to go in. You're not going to get thrown out. It's your right to protest. You're protesting and you're carrying a machine gun. Colin Kaepernick takes a knee and everybody goes outrageous. But nobody's outrageous over this. Or outraged. Either way. And you should be outraged. You shouldn't go into a Capitol building with a machine guns, AK-47, AR-15s. Oh, I'm exercising my Second Amendment rights. Fine. You got a better way of operating it through that. Carrying a machine gun. Your personal hard-on. You're exercising your First Amendment, Amendment rights. You shouldn't be exercising your First Amendment rights against people who make decisions on budgets where your money is funded in your district and, more importantly, the safety of people. Think about that. I want to tell you guys that what I'm doing now, my podcast, I'm doing it like, you know, it's sort of half-baked. I don't have an actual board on me where I can use the, put the modulation up and so forth where I can talk and, you know, because I had my own studio. I broadcasted from a studio and nowadays I don't have that studio. That studio is closed. So I'm broadcasting it. Now my setup is a microphone. And my laptop. That's it. I don't have any big uh, board that can operate anything. But that's what it is. Hopefully, soon, soon enough, that will be a thing of the past. Uh, I've ordered some equipment. I'm going to be up and running soon. And hopefully, and I say hopefully, I would be, you know, broadcasting, putting together a podcast, hopefully getting guests. That's my goal. You don't want to hear me ramble on for like a half hour. You want to hear people I would like to talk to. And that's my goal. That's always been my goal when I started this podcast. I tried to get guests to come down to uh, the studio. Some have it, some were reluctant, one booked out on me, so maybe I could try something else if this would work out. But this is what I'm doing now. It's sort of, you know, how would I say it? Fun, because it's fun doing this, but you, but as if I'm listening to me, I want to hear myself ramble on every single day or week or moment you want to hear 
other people. You want to see, not see, hear guests. Hear guests that I can uh, interact with. That's my goal when I started doing this podcast. To have other guests that I can interact with and enjoy. Have a little fun. You know, there's nothing wrong with a little fun in a podcast. I've tried a lot of other things to make this podcast as entertaining as possible. Very tough because I am alone. So I can just say what I want to say, spew out what I want to spew out. But in the long run, I want to have guests on this show. So when I get my equipment together, you know, that's going to be the full goal that I have. To have guests and to have people I could relate to come on the show and just have a little fun. That's all. You know, just, you know, just have a little fun. That's all. Every week, have a little fun. So I can just relax, mellow, and so forth, and, you know, enjoy your company because it's all about you. That's all. I mentioned last week uh, Michael Jordan's Last Dance, and I have not watched it. I have not. I have not watched it in, like, since it came on. Parts 5 and 6 are this week. This Sunday, this past week, 7 and 8 is coming up. The one thing, again, giving credit to Bobby Ramos, that he bought up was the handshaking uh, aspect of this. And when I was watching the NBA when I was growing up, nobody shook hands. Good sportsmanship? What's that? I don't know what that means. I remember when the Milwaukee Bucks played the Boston Celtics in a game seven, they walked off the floor. No shaking hands on the floor. Not like before the pandemic, you were seeing guys giving bro hugs. They do it in the NFL too. Handshakes? What in the hell is that? They handshake in the Stanley Cup playoffs since after a four or seven game series. Hey, it's a tough series. Hey, cans. Now, I see that. That's great. That's tradition. When they brought up the handshake and congratulations uh, by the Chicago Bulls, Detroit Pistons series, and the Pistons walk off the floor, that was a major issue. But nobody, I give Bobby Ramos a lot of credit because I had to look back upon this. The Boston Celtics never shook their hands after they lost their Game 6 in the Eastern Conference playoffs. Isaiah Thomas and Kevin McHale exchanged hands, but that's it. Nobody brought up the fact that the Celtics, all 12 players, walked off the floor, except the five that were on the floor, and the coaching staff. Then they walked off the floor at the end of the game. The end of the game they walked off the floor. Wasn't a big issue. Nobody said, oh, the Boston Celtics, they walked off the floor. They didn't shake their hands. Back then, in the early 90s, there wasn't no Facebook. There wasn't no Instagram. There wasn't no social media, Twitter and whatnot. So, it went unnoticed. But now it's become a 
big issue because they didn't shake their hands. They walked off the floor. The Pistons walked off the floor. I don't know what people are making a big deal about it because in an NBA game, nobody shook hands. Nobody. They walked off the floor. You won. Who cares? Let's move on with our life. That's how it was. And I give Bobby Ramos credit for that because that was a sticking point. And I'm always wondering, what, what are the Bulls making a big deal about? The Pistons walked off the floor. Why? They walked off the floor. So what? Who cares? Your feelings got hurt? Horace Grant called them a bunch of bitches? Did you ever say after the seventh game of the series, the year before, when the Pistons walked off the floor and you didn't shake their hands? Hey, you didn't shake their hands? You didn't. You didn't didn't say that at all. But it's a big issue when you see a documentary. Really? You're mad about it 27, 30 years later? Really? You're still mad about it to this day? Really? You're still mad that they didn't shake your hand after the game? Really? You're still mad. Get over it. Nobody cares. I'm more concerned today that players shake hands of the team's opponents. And you're not going to see a lot of that after this coronavirus is done and over with. That's going to be a thing of the past also. Handshakes, thing of the past. Social distancing, thing of the past. Waving the peace sign, wave good game. That's all that's going to happen. But in this case, 30 years later, you're pissed off about them not shaking your hands, walking off the floor. I got three words for you. Get over it. That's going to put a wrap on this podcast. I'm Carlos Ortega. Again, it's sponsored by Anchor FM. Also, hear it on Google, Apple, and Spotify, and any other podcast format. Hey, it's the Carlos Ortega Podcast. I'll see you later.